Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... We are recording this. You're probably listening on either Monday, Tuesday, or, or like most people, just waiting until it's like way past and then just like, oh, I've got nothing else to listen to, so I guess <laughs> I'll throw on the Behind the Racket podcast once I do again. that for our I've podcast. Gotta... You've never once listened to our that podcast. That is not true. Your voice soothes me at night. Fuck off. You've <laughs> never once listened to our podcast. <laughs> true or false? True or false? Completely false. Stop it. Stop. Stop yourself. Stop yourself right now. Okay, then I should admit that I've actually never listened to our podcast, because that's actually true. Um, uh, so we're recording this on a Sunday. It is uh, young Mr. Rubens. I, it feels like it should be his 63rd birthday. Um, yeah, Coral so Life birthday. Crisis is bad enough. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't actually put that together. Maybe that's what all this is. It's all coming together. <laughs> now I, oh jeez! Now I understand. Oh, shucks! <laughs> now it all makes. All right, now I get the behind right, the racket tour. Right, now it all it makes all sense. Good. Yeah. yeah, no, I um, totally makes sense. I forgot. Yeah, I bought a Corvette yesterday. Mm. It has no tires, mm. but yeah, sure. And it's three inches poor, by three inches, but yeah. Poor, poor Jamie has been cast aside. Oh, uh, Jamie, who? Yeah, yeah. I now she left me. Yeah, I I don't blame her. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, happy birthday! Thank you. I know your I know your mom specifically. You know would would like for me to be nice to you on your your birthday. Right. So I'm going to do <laughs> the very best I can. And I can also say, um, my daughter yesterday. I, I don't have her today. She's at her mom's house today. But yesterday she called you to wish you a happy pre-birthday. Yeah, that was very very cute. Um, yeah, my mom doesn't want me to curse. So fuck. Okay. Yeah, you went with. I, that's it's it's an interesting choice because when you when you feel like you have to curse what what comes out you're gonna to yeah. be honest it didn't feel natural uh shit was probably more natural in that instance 
I think fuck is the most versatile of all the swear words. I think true. this is actually a comedy that, bit. That is Some, a comedy said bit. Somebody, yeah. yeah, like it could be used as adjective noun. All the whole right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I think I think that's the right one to use. But yeah, I happen to be uh, in Vegas right now, um, going with a, a few of my teams. You know, working on planning our first event that's coming up in September, which feels like only about 10 years away and 10 minutes away at the same time. So, yeah, but by then your quarter life crisis will be over. So the tour is a little bit dicey. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I was just sending over your contract, but that's null and void at this point. So, okay. We're not going there yet. But, uh, yeah, how are you feeling? How has been the time watching the Aussie Open? How's been kind of your overall impressions coming from these past few weeks? Obviously, I know you have a very close connection with Tennis Australia as a whole, and Australia plays sure. a nice place in your heart. But, yeah, how are you feeling? Um, it took me about five days to start watching. Okay. Bluntly, um, because mentally I, I, I just felt like I should be there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I don't know that I, I don't know that we talked about it on the, on the pod. Actually, I, I was, I was contracted. I had a two year contract. It was the second year I was supposed to be there. And the tennis Australia people were amazing, not only with me, but with everybody else who was in similar situations of, you know, you don't feel like you can go this year because of everything, because of the quarantine, they said, we'll just put it off for another year. And I, I know that they were like that with officials with other broadcasters and i think you know i think that's what i'm going to be left with and in fact right before we were recording i was just reading an article about craig Mm tiley the director of of tennis australia and and what he's had to deal with over the last month of players swearing at him people (laughs) screaming at him every night on those zoom calls and the fact that they put it together that no players got sick that no officials contracted the virus that the breakout in melbourne that that caused those five days wasn't related to the tennis it is truly remarkable um and i i am i'm left with that is my overwhelming thoughts in terms of the tennis i've just come to the conclusion and the realization that i think novak djokovic is probably the best player i've ever watched in terms of top to bottom and i i say that having a little bit longer time on this earth than than your quarter life crisis. Uh, I, I I just I think he's the best player I I have ever watched, will ever watch. Um, and, uh, on the men's side, I should say that on the men's side, and and Serena, the, the fact that she's still like at the top of the game right now, and then Naomi is like yeah. a, n- another level ahead of everybody right now. It is it's truly a remarkable few years that we've had in tennis with Serena with with the big 3 on the men's side and now you're starting to see more and more on the women's side Naomi is a different level as well. Yeah, I mean there's a few things I want to break down there. I think the first thing I want to go into, uh, you know, I mean first and foremost, they put this together. You know, they they to to actually understand the risks they had to take to make yep. sure and and you know and and thoughtfully planned out each aspect you know is it perfect no not everything was perfect were there some things i still laughed at with not getting the hotel you know fully booked yeah sure sure. but you know with what they had to put together australia is this island in the middle of nowhere like to make that work to ensure that you know they had this tournament for years to come i mean it's unbelievable so here's you know 
Again, uh, like you, for other reasons, I just thought it was way too much of a buildup. I was like, is Aussie happening yet? Are we are we in it? Um, so it did take me some time to get into it. But the, the real question was, and quoting what I saw, could be misquoting, it was, I think it was about $78 million or $80 million that they lost to put on this event. Correct. Yeah. Is it worth it? <laughs> I, 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 do, I don't know how to answer that question. I thought about it for some time. I was like literally um, pondering for 10 minutes straight. I was like, is, is that, you know, and, I, and they talk about losing it to Asia, losing this event. Right. You know, is that true? Is this, you know, actually something that is in the works, which you have to think is yes, but is $80 million, was that worth this event? And what does that show for tennis right now that we have to lose $80 million? And, and obviously – it's a lot for Australia. You know, there's a lot more that goes into it, but God, I mean, that's tremendous. No. Yeah, it is. It's a hell of an effort. Uh, I mean, you're starting to get into the Ben Rothenberg, Sergei Stokowski uh, no, debate that they that had right <laughs> uh, over the, over the weekend about Ben's assertion that that's, that was a false claim by, by Tylee specifically. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I would say on the player side, yes. I mean, ultimately, that's that's what it's there for is just to continue the line here, right? So that we have continuous tennis, so the tennis players can continue to make a living, continue to have those opportunities, to continue to have points. Um, and I think that's, for me, I say yes. Because, uh, listen, we, we both know that Tennis Australia over the next couple of years is going to be able to make up that money. They're going to get, uh, I believe so it's that was the question I was thinking, though. They are. No, they yeah. are. Listen. They're, they're going to get help from the Australian government. I believe it's called a concession loan there okay. um, from what I've been reading. There's A, that. B, next year. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. The amount of people who are just like, all right, travel's back open. Fuck yeah, we're going to yeah. Australia. You know, yeah. I mean, like, it's going to be nuts there next year. They're going to make a killing as as is the U.S. Open, as is the French, as is Wimbledon. I mean, it's just going to be the demand for people to go to be able to see live tennis again is going to be off the charts. I, it's going to be the one thing that you have to prove it to me. I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic sure. that we're ever going I, to come back from this year. And, it's, and, and if we do, I, I mean, I, I, you oversimplify just in this conversation, which I know you don't mean, but it's not going to be a year process. You know, I don't think we're going to see 2022 being a perfect year in terms of tournaments, having the but well, what's a perfect year? Having what does that mean? having what does that money mean? to put on challengers around the world in the locations. Challengers that we are a different story. Challengers are a different story. But it runs I, through. I, this I, I totally budget. agree. Okay, but I I'm talking about from you. You asked me a specific question about tennis Australia. But they put on People challengers, are, don't they? Yes. Okay, and will they have yes. the bandwidth? That's, and funds? that's fair. That's fair. But the the funds that are needed for challengers are i mean to put on a challenger is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. right i get it i get it. it's not doesn't mean much i'm just saying they're they're going those challengers are going to be fine okay it, those, those challengers specifically are going to be fine okay um i i think the challengers worldwide is a big issue but futures worldwide are a big issue i but people are going to want to people are going to want to go I, like the the money getting back to tennis Australia is going to happen because like my my daughter's probably going to be going to Australian Open next year. Right. So I would like it for you to be there if if you could make that happen that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll see um, how the forehand's okay. feeling. Okay. Um okay. The second, but like yeah, no, that, I get it. I, 
Yeah. It's tough. It's still tough for me to say at the moment. Um, you know, I understand we're still in the heart of COVID. You know, we're right in the heat of things. But at the same time, I'm seeing tournaments that I thought could never be canceled for one reason or another, just saying we, we can't have it this year. And, you know, there's a lot of other things going on. But, again, you know, we'll, we'll see um, what it comes to uh, in, in January of next year. But the second thing you spoke about, which and, – and people are going to say that I'm being biased – and no, I, I actually do agree. Djokovic is the best tennis player we've ever seen, and probably will ever see. Was I upset to on see, the men's side? On the men's side, <laughs> yes. It's an important distinction. Yeah, I, I. But to be honest, do I mean yeah? I, I do. I think he's going to be one of the greatest athletes of all time. I mean, what he timeline wise, how much time he has left? Yeah. Is it is it fair to say he could have twenty five Grand Slams? I, I don't see why not. Do you? Yeah. I mean, nope. so. Was I upset to see him win a little bit? I was like, is this the time? You know, he's just so – he's almost too good. Like, I just – I would like to see a Medvedev <laughs> take it. I want to see a little bit of a changing oh, sure. of guard, of course. Yeah, um, sure. You know, I was – and it has nothing to do with, you know, him as a person or anything. I would just – I just need a little bit to see from other people because, you know, you could say changing of a guard – but we're in the society that's all, all or nothing kind of society. So even mm, yep. Medvedev being a finalist, for him, incredible. Another final, insane, doesn't need, mean much in terms of changing of guards. It really doesn't. Um, no. I didn't stay up to watch the finals. But you, you hear, you read the tweets, you see everything that people are talking about. And the only thing that really is spoken is is not what could Medvedev do in the future. It's more what is Djokovic going to be doing in the future. Yeah. And and the thought I have is and I saw this on Twitter last night. Uh if we're not, you know, if that ball at the US Open misses by about 3 inches. You know, I I I think we all believe that team wouldn't have a grand slam right now. Yeah. You know, and that's I think that's the reality of the situation. I I think he is just that next level above everybody else and every, you know, except at the French Except at the French, right? Um, but but he's just better than everybody at this stage. And it's it's sad to say, and I do attribute. I still think Nadal has a few more years in him. I do attribute, yeah. you know, you know, tough conditions, and he wasn't fully prepared for the probably first time in his career. Didn't really know yeah. what to expect. Um, you know, what people forget is, and and Team is an incredible player. Will go down in history. He's. He's getting into his second half of his career. You know, he's not as young as people think. So I, yeah. I do put him in the, you know, I, I put him in and, and sad for Murray right now. The top three are, are Djokovic, Nadal, and team. And they're still yes. not part of this next generation group. And yeah. and that's trouble. That's worrisome. Is, is part of this because you're the same age as, as Medvedev and some of those guys that, like, you feel like these, it's your if you will, your time? Yeah, for me, when I was watching Team, like that was like for Tangelo's group at that point. Mm-hmm. He beat him at yeah. French uh, Juniors. And for me, the change in the guards was this 96 to 98. That was like the group of guys that these are the next group. You know, these two years have some re- – three years, sorry, have some really solid players, you know, that we think can break through. You know, we had the Zverevs that were, you know, 1997 born in that year. And then 98s were like, you know, the Tiafos and stuff like that. So great. You know, we're seeing them in second week of slams. 
But again, this is a society that isn't all or nothing. That we, if you're not holding the trophy up, if you're not the Osakas that get to have that, um, you know, final speech and then do all the photo shoots, it's it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick quite as much. It more is. Yeah. It almost puts a chip on your shoulder to say, "Hey, what do I have to do next?" And that's where we're at right now. Naomi Osaka is truly a remarkable talent. <laughs> she is I, fucking I, good. <laughs> I it is and I don't want to compare yet. I don't want yeah. to compare and it's it's power like we haven't seen since Serena days, prime Serena days. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great comparison because it's just like Serena and Venus specifically took it to a next level and now Naomi's able to take it to a next level. I, I this is going to be a tough one and I'm not saying that her career will be better or she just may have a little extra oomph in her than Serena. I, I'm curious to see how it progresses over time. Sure. But it is, I mean, what she could do with a tennis ball is pretty damn good. I think also what stands out for me on the women's side, and then I have more that I'd like to ask you point, pointedly. Yes. What stands out for me on the women's side is that we are, we have in Serena and Naomi specifically, especially here in the States, Two women who are outstanding humans, mm -hmm. uh, leaders. Um, I think Naomi is continuing to grow into somebody who has uh, has more of a voice. Um, and they're just decent people who are really, you know, especially when I think about it as a as a dad of a of a young girl to have these two people who who are out there at the top, and I can say to my daughter. You know, Naomi Osaka is somebody you you can look up to and feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, and I think that that has so much value for me as a dad. Like I, I, I her play is one thing, but I know she. I, I feel confident that she is not going to be somebody who lets down my child. And I know that sounds like it's, no, it's a weird thing to say, but it's important. She's almost so innocent in the way she goes about things. And if you haven't seen it, you have to see the comparison between her Indian Wells acceptance speech and mm -hmm. her Aussie Open. Right. Because, you know, we're in the social media age. Everything's captured and you can put it side by side. And, you know, you could see the innocence, but you can also see the evolution and growth within her. Yes. And, you know, it's I'm curious to see, you know, if you know, we're, we're peaking or not, but I, I really would love, and, and I do think it's going to come the growth of her just as a person and, and you know, yes. coming into her own, you know, we saw it during, you know, kind of the protests and during this pandemic and, and now with just the speeches, I mean, it, it was almost, you almost want to call it adorable, you know, her Indian Wells mm. speech in a way, you don't know another word and, but you, you know, she's coming into a, a true role model. And then, you know, one thing I do want to say is, you know, Jen Brady and, you know, yeah. and, and her as a as a person and this not putting myself on, on her level. But I watched her play in practice and I was like, she should be great. You know, we mm -hmm. all saw her. We I, I think a lot of people knew it just the way she went about it, you know, the way she struck a tennis ball. Just something had to click and, and, you know, whatever she did, obviously, the Germany and all this stuff. But it's incredible to see her as now a deep deep week two grand slam contender which is <laughs> right. in just a matter of you know eight months or a year um and she's a great she's a great person she really is she is um she's a good human being so um you know compliments to the woman's side of tennis right now it's a really exciting time it seems is. like they're really good people overall i think you know we do 
go back and forth. I don't want to talk too much longer about this. We do go back and forth about men and women of, you know, how different it is with, you know, only three contenders for slam winning or 20 and what that means. And I think, I think this is great for tennis on the women's side right now. I think I Completely think we agree. need this a little bit more on the men's. I think we can use a little bit more personality on the men's side compared to the women's, to be honest. 100%. And, yes. and kudos to them. That's really it. So I wanted to take this more of a personal note towards you. Yes. Um, specifically talking about two players, and you brought up one of them, Jen Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, I, I, I think she's the same age. I, no. Right, 25, 26, or is she, she a year older? She's got a year or two. two. I try. I want to say 95. She could be in 1994, but... Um, going to have to pull it up yeah. real quick. She's 25. Okay. Okay, so, so she's, she's a 90. Like, she's a 95. 95, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Jen Brady and um, Aslan Karatsev. Yes. Um, who, of course, had that incredible run mm-hmm. um, himself on the men's side. Uh, you are, uh, uh, you know, comparable in age to Jennifer Brady. Yes. You have two months ago had the same ranking, <laughs> roughly as Aslan Karatsev. Yes. Um, it, it, as as a player, you're you're a unique human being. I think we all know that. Anybody who's listened to this podcast <laughs> knows that you're a unique person. What do you take out of those two roads that these two people have taken, and and do you? How do you internalize that, and how do you not compare yourself at the same time? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I've had this moment, to be honest. Uh, Karatsev was so. I, I don't even know if I saw him his name in one of my draws before. So it's so tough to even like <laughs> yeah, right. get across. Um, and and people say men and women, but still, yeah. Looking at Jen Brady, it just. If anything, over and over, and I don't say it like it happens that often because it really doesn't, but it does prove that if you've gone to a certain level, the minor adjustment, the one good ball, sh- you know, if something clicks on a court for your forehand cross court. Like it's so dumb and it's so easy, but once that you're like, oh wow, and now I'm just not going to miss a forehand ever again. Like it could be that quick, and people don't understand that. But looking at it and seeing what it was like and, you know, I'm using Jen Brady, but I'm completely making up the scenario. But, like, you know, I've watched her practice and, and it's amazing. And, you know, maybe instead of those, you know, 10 balls that she overhit, now it's 10 balls that are hit perfectly on the baseline. And that's it. Now she's second week of slams instead of second round qualifying. And it's so mm-hmm. quick. And, and those are the things that stick of saying, like, hey, you know, Karatsev is 27? Shot, putting you on the spot I'm, here. I'm, good thing I've got the Googles. <laughs> the Googles. Okay. He is 27. Okay. So, again, this is a guy that, yeah, I mean, people are saying he went through the challenger circuit, but, you know, this is of this year. I mean, he was – he didn't make a main draw of a slam until this year where yeah. – I was 19 with my first slam win. So, you know, you have to think that you put yourself in the right spots more than enough times. And that's really what it comes down to. It's it's what do you do in between the opportunities? That's really what defines right. a tennis player. Some, like a Jen Brady, as a perfect example, said, this is what I feel I have to do to get myself to that level. This is I'm going to go to Germany. That's where I feel like I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to get myself to the next level. And that was great. Do I know what that is for me right now? Not necessarily, but it, it does mean that it's hope 
for these players that have gone there, maybe not break broke through to the second tier level that says yeah. I just I just need to hone in on my backhand or I need to, you know, do this. And, and that's really it at the end of the day. So it is. It's it's nice to see it. Um, the jealousy once the jealousy wears off, you can look at it with, <laughs> you know, a, you know, a, a light. I mean, they were saying that Aslan literally made more money in this tournament than he has his whole career. You know, right. we'll see if that correlates, if he can be a contender at slams from now on. I mean, it's interesting to see how it moves forward. But um, it's if anything, it shows tennis. It shows how absolutely fucking insane the sport is. Yes. And I, I know that Ben and Sergey took care of the debate for us in <laughs> terms of, you know, Nick, Nick McCarvel's tweet. I, I wanted to say, I, I didn't say this publicly, and yeah. if you haven't, Ben Rothenberg, New York Times writer, Sergei Stokowski, uh, longtime pro, had a debate about Nick McCarvel tweeting. I think Nick's tweet was something like, raise your hand if you'd never heard of Aslan Karatsev right. before this tournament. What a story. Right. I wanted to say this publicly, and I didn't want to get into that because, you know, that's crazy on Twitter. Nick McCarvel is one of the most professional people I've ever met. Like, as a broadcaster, he has taken himself from a guy who was doing like press aid stuff at Challengers from a f- few years ago, and he's gotten himself involved in so many different things that he loves and is passionate about. Uh, I know figure skating is a huge thing for him, ice skating, uh, he, tennis, and he has continued to build himself up to this incredible broadcaster now, and he's one of the most professional people I know. So... I think his tweet was a celebration of the fact that this young man in Aslan Karatsev has really had this incredible breakthrough moment. And I don't think at all that it's this shaming of him for coming out of nowhere yeah, or anything no, like no, that. No. And it's I, it's just it's a tough it's, situation overall. It's, it's frustrating to me because it's kind of like what you were talking about. We talk in all or nothing, right, right? In, in today's society. There's nuance to everything, right? right? There's... I, Nick's tweet was there to celebrate the fact that this man is having his breakthrough moment. And instead, Sergei Stokowski is shitting on him for saying, you know, like he's, well, this is denigrating tennis at the lowest levels. And this, uh, you and I probably could have some sort of a debate on this too. Right. But it's, I, I just wanted to say that Nick is a, is a fantastic human being, a very good broadcaster, a professional to the umpteenth degree. Right. And it, this debate shouldn't be happening over one single tweet. No, not at all. Um, you know, I think a lot of people backed up Nick. I, I, I'll, yes. I'll back him up as well. He's, he's a really professional, great human being. But do I love his tweet? No. Did it have to be tweeted like that? No. You know, Sergey coming out with that, I didn't like that at all either. I mean, yes, there's a lot of times we've seen it on commentary where, you know, the journeyman, that's, that's the number one thing sure. that goes around. Yes. It doesn't have to. But my thing is, and this is the first thing I said was – we're getting lost in debates that don't need to happen right now. Correct. And that's the Correct. thing. There are, first of all, you know, everything has to be prefaced with COVID. You know, that, that, that's the world we're in right now. So that's the first step. Then beyond that, you know, and this is the first thing that I went to you after seeing that was like, there are so many, we are, that's number 68 on our list of things that are holding us <laughs> back in tennis right now. That right. doesn't have to be tweeted. Like stop wasting, you know, in the end. Whether you like Sergey, whether you like Nick, or have everything against them, I think we can all agree that in the end, their their goals actually align. You know, their goals yes, are on the same page, 100%. and that's really what we have to. And we say this, you know, as a human, you know, 
as as mankind, we have to be together. We're all looking for the same thing and prosperity. But that's really what it comes down to. You know, we want the sports to succeed. So it's like stop wasting your time and picking each other. And you know, it's it's bad on Sergey's part to pick that fight. You know, when you know a lot of his stuff, whether you like him or not, could be used for good. And we could be going out and and just joining forces. And that's my biggest issue. I, I think you're exactly right. It's one of those things where if if Sergey reaches out to Nick specifically and says this this is why this tweet bothers me and i i like totally that's fine. the way to do yeah. it and, and you don't have to put it in a public setting where you're trying to shame another human being i i've lost friends that the very specific issue a friend you and i know very well yes. together who who tried to shame me on social media earlier this summer last summer and it there's no point to it right there's one where you could just reach out to a friend or just somebody and say, hey, something like this bothers me. I wanted to express my opinion. If, you know, yeah, in, if it's not in, not in a public forum. Public setting. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's go on to just our uh, just a quick update. I wanted to talk a little bit about the college tennis, mm-hmm. um, yes. the national indoors that I did last week. Um, I had a, a incredible time being back in Champaign, um, which for many of you, you know, is my home home. Uh, I got to see my mom for the first time in in quite some time. Um, I saw my closest friends in the world, um, my 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 best friend who lost his dad not too long ago uh, from COVID, and he dealt with COVID, and uh, it, it was so emotional. And I wanted to say thank you to the University of Illinois and Kathy Hug specifically for giving me a, an opportunity in a in a safe space to come back home. Um, the collegiate setting was so exciting, Noah. It'd been a while since I'd been around the team aspect um, and seeing some incredible comebacks through the weekend was so much fun at the highest, highest level, right? And and seeing that, oh, so much fun. (laughs) You start to understand why uh, Blumberg stays you know you, you really absolutely you, you look at it he cried yeah I, you see it you see the emotion you see the happiness where yes. you know it all too well that there's just not enough of that in tennis right now yes and and for you it's probably refresh refreshing to see that it was awesome um will and i i hope he doesn't men, m- mind me mentioning <laughs> this so it, it was this weird situation where it, it, North Carolina playing for the championship against Baylor and his teammate, very close friend, Brian Cernock, his doubles partner, was the guy who clinched. The rest of the team was actually kind of down, and you'll remember this as a college tennis player, down on the court over, right? One court over. Everybody else is right there, right next to Cernock. And Will Blumberg's off on the stands, another court down. And... He, you know, everybody else screaming, and you could see it was so emotional for him to see his team, his friend, everybody come together to win this national title. And Cernok clinches, and like everybody goes nuts on courts three and or four and six. And Blumberg's just sitting there with his head down on the bleachers, just you could tell he was crying, so emotional before he eventually gets gets over there and like he and his friend Brian Cernock and then his other seniors Matt Kiger and Simon Sondergaard they just have these incredibly emotional hugs and yeah that's god I loved college sports because of that yeah. man like I, I I loved it because it was still so raw and young you know what I it's like it's one thing for Tom Brady to like be throwing a right, trophy right, right. Uh, <laughs> drunkenly on a boat yeah but when you're still so young and those emotions and you're going through puberty so you've got the emotions <laughs> at a different level oh my god it was so much fun um and Alex Gruskin did the broadcast with me and 
that effing guy has some flipping energy, man. <laughs> like uh, I, I, I said on Twitter, I, I don't think I'll ever have that kind of energy and emotion for something in my life ever again. <laughs> um, and I just respect that. And I, I respected his knowledge of college tennis and the storylines. It was something else. It was that was fun, and I'm glad I got to do it. And yeah, no, I'm happy for you that you got to be out there. I know that's for in more ways than one. You know home for you uh and yep. and that feels great and and i think we can learn a thing or two you know you're talking about the raw emotion and, and really the uh childlike playfulness that comes with having you know just the immense happiness just true happiness and it's it's not about the money and you know that goes into a deeper thing about ncas but it's just you know they want it so bad and i think we can learn a thing or two about just competing to compete and enjoying the moment enjoying everything around and again i mean these are these are things that I just don't even know tennis ever had necessarily, or we lost it along the way, and I think we have to get back. So uh, it's uh, I like that you had that moment. The cynic in me would say, "Did tennis lose it, or did you lose it?" Tennis lost it. You all know well and good. <laughs> if we don't have time for this conversation, but you go to a challenger. I mean. All right, Come we'll talk on. about that. On oh, a, uh, uh, um, let's you you were scheduled to play in the tournament in Naples. Yes. Um, so give people the update on why you did not end up participating. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a bad joke, but yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, day before, uh, got stuck in the clay court, went over, sprained my ankle. Seemed like X-rays were okay. Seems like I'll be fine. Um, hopefully, be ready by Cleveland Challenger. Um, that that's you know I, I think possible, but uh, yeah, I mean we're we're taking our time. I mean not the worst time to get hurt, but hate being hurt at all. I mean just put it in the yeah. list of it. But uh, yeah, I mean it is what it is. Got to see some friends over there grinding over um, at the future, which it's a future, so it is what it is. But you know it's uh, doing some things for the BTR tour now, really moving it forward. We feel like we're in a really good spot. We're excited for what's to come. We think this is the time to have something like this for, you know, some waves in tennis to come about. Whether Mike likes me or not, you know, we're putting in a lot of effort to make this happen so he can uh, politely go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Noah's mom. (laughs) (laughs) We like each other. No, it's, yeah, it's just like. Uh, I, I, I gotta be honest. Like I was really excited for you to, to play that, that event in Naples. Yeah. Like I, I just was really, I was really hopeful for you. Um, because I want you, I want you to be happy again on a tennis court, regardless of where it is. Yeah. I want, I want that for you as I want that for anybody who I'm lucky enough to watch play. Right. Right. Because so I was just, don't, aren't happy. Not just me, just throwing it out there, but keep going. God. I just wanted you to to continue yes. to experience just that that progression back to where I know that you can get, uh, having seen it before, and that's that's the reason why I was disappointed. Just because I I want to see you on a tennis court. That's frankly off the court. You're a terrible, shitty person, but on the court is where I think you're at your best. And I I just want like all kidding aside. I just was really hopeful for you to kind of be able to experience that again. And I I know you will eventually. No, I, I'm I'm hopeful for that. I feel good about things. It was a good progression for me. Tr get some matches in. I want to progress that obviously. And being in the same location would have been nice. But it is what it is right now. Let's see what the tournaments hold for us, and let's see if I can get some matches back in. Yeah, and I do. I we can now say that uh, I won't be in Cleveland, 
Um, but I do believe Orlando at least um, is now officially on a schedule so that you can see that there is going to be a challenger, a USTA challenger in Orlando in a couple months that I'm looking forward to being at as well. Great. I, I, I can't wait to get to Orlando for just one reason. The coffee. <laughs> I'm actually going to be excited to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. I have to go. Okay. Uh, have a good day. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be excited to see you. I'm planning the trips. I hope you grow your mohawk back. You are a piece of shit. But you raised a really cute daughter, so that helps. Super smart. Smarter than you already, which, again, sets the bar low and high at the same time, which is uh, remarkable. But, yeah, feel good on this Sunday. Take a break. Rest. Sleep. All right. All right. Uh, happy birthday. Um, yeah, thanks. Enjoy, enjoy the Spearmint Rhino. You're horrendous. Well, it's just a thing that people say. I've actually – I've gone to Vegas a lot. I still haven't ever been. The thunder from down under. Now that I think about, please stop. I don't think in all my in all my trips to Vegas, I've never gone to any type of nude location, which is really shocking when you think about it. I've been there probably ten times. Is this going to be a podcast? Yeah, why not? I gotta go, man. Okay, happy birthday! Thanks. Okay, thanks for listening. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.